Namaskar and welcome to NFL Masala. I'm your co-host Anant. And I'm your other co-host Rakshak. Welcome to the 17th episode of NFL Masala where we talk about all the latest happenings in the NFL with a little bit of spice. So today we are going to break a little bit of the Makedar news and then do a breakdown of the week two of the NFL regular season. So let's get started with our news. First off, uh, sad news for all UC Chickens fans out there. Um, <clears throat> Jamal Adams is done for the year. He is suffering a torn quadriceps tendon Ooh. during the team's win over the Broncos. Um, he's now going to consult several doctors within a week to see who's going to perform the surgery and when it's going to be done. <clears throat> He was seen limping off the cart in the first half, and you know he was in really immediate pain. You could see that, and so now the Sea Chickens have placed him on injured reserve. Uh, they're going to place him on injured reserve pretty soon if they haven't done so already. And so, this is rough. This is rough for you know the Geno MVP stands out there, and the Seahawks are going to the Super Bowl stands out there. Looks like it's ain't going to happen this year. I'm sorry to tell you. Not sorry. But hope to, you know, hopefully Jamal Adams gets healthy pretty soon. Man, that's, I mean, it's, it's almost, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, definitely Jamal Adams will hope, um, get well, get better. Um, we don't like to see players go down with major injuries. Exactly. And, um, yeah. But anyways, another bit of the injury news. After all, you can't have the NFL. You can't have a full NFL season without um, sacrifice to the to the football gods and exactly. injuries, sickness, and all that. But all due respect, um, we and we as an NFL masala hate to see injuries. So yeah, yep. we're not yep. these type of we're, we're not heartless people. Mm-hmm. But um, anyways, uh, another breaking news is that um. Is if you remember in um in the first week between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals, T.J. Watt had to exit the game when he said that when he complained of a torn pectoral muscle, and unfortunately those as those sources are have been confirmed true, and in this game and um they're what they're going to do is that they're placing T.J. Watt on IR or injured reserve, meaning that he will miss four games. But according to them, they it doesn't mean that they're going to scrap their entire defensive plan or to get by without him. And and they actually moved him earlier this Thursday morning. And um, and again, he left in the final seconds of regulation in that overtime win against the Cincinnati Bengals. And um, he could return within six weeks. This is according to Adam Schefter. And that why that um, TJ Watt won't require surgery which is definitely good. Um, but in that corresponding move, the Steelers are able to sign outside linebacker David um, NEA to the 50 man to the 53 man roster from the Titan from the Tennessee Titans practice squad. And, um, and also they also signed um, Washington commanders linebacker, Ryan Anderson, who is an Alabama product to their practice squad. So basically that linebacker core is going to be a little bit depleted. They'll have to rely on um, Alex Highsmith who the aka the man who sacked Joe Burrow um three times along with four recorded hits, um, Malik Reed and Jameer Jones. Um, not that not that much of an all-star linebacker group, but they gotta rely a lot on those for um in their next game against the New England Patriots. Uh, am I correct on that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Ooh, spot on me, I guess. So I guess on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. It's always sad to see a player of TJ Watt's caliber. You know, previous, you know, the reigning defensive MVP with uh, the sack record, I believe, from last year. Um, it's it's tough to see him go on IR. Hopefully, he gets back soon. And like Rakshak said, we don't pray for injuries. Now, that is it for the Damakadar news segment, and we're gonna quickly move on to the preview of NFL regular season week two, starting with the Packers versus the Bears. The keys to victory for the Packers. Don't do what you did against the Vikings. 
pretty simple, you know. You 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 would think it would be very simple, but no. Easier said um, than done. <laughs> yeah, it is easier said than done, especially coming off of a terrible week. But the Packers have a history of coming back strong. Over the past three years, the Packers are nine and zero off of major losses with an average margin of victory of 14 points. So that is very big news. So like Matt LaFleur knows how to coach these guys up and the leaders are there to know how to get the young people in line and make sure that they're putting 110% of their effort out there and then go win the football game um, after a major loss. Unfortunately, that doesn't carry to the playoffs, but it does in the regular season. Now, saying that, um, in almost all of those instances, we've had Devontae Adams. Now, this is where the key thing is. Uh, if the Packers want to win this uh, this game, the offense has got to stick to their strengths of using 33 and 28 or Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon a lot both in the rushing game and the passing game, because here's what happened, right? Against the Vikings, speaking of their rushing game, Aaron Jones had five carries for 49 yards, meaning an average of 9.8 yards per carry with a near 30-yard rush as his long. A.J. Dillon had 10 carries for 45 yards with an average of 4.5 yards and had the lone touchdown. Yeah, they didn't really make it in that uh, fourth and goal because they were stuffed. But they were probably in the wrong package because they were in the 12-man 12, 12 personnel, uh, meaning one running back, two tight ends. And, um, you know, the Vikings goal line package, they just made more... They just made more plays. Uh, they they just made the better play. You know, Zadarius Smith blew blew up the backfield, and he just made the play. And there wasn't really anything you could have done. Maybe called a maybe called a twenty two or twenty three personnel, meaning two running backs and two tight ends, or two running backs and three tight ends, maybe. But we'll see. I mean, Aaron Rodgers didn't really mention that in the in the Pat McAfee show. He said, you know, a lot of offenses are moving towards more of that shotgun style 12 personnel offense at the goal line. They really don't even have goal line packages installed um, in, in their scheme. So we'll see, but they just have to be better. You know, you can't, you, you can't give it up. That's a complete missed opportunity that you just have to capitalize on. Uh, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, he needs to start trusting his wide receivers more. I mean, there were very various instances where not the rookie wide receivers, but veterans like Sammy Watkins was pretty wide open. And instead of trying to take the chance, and instead of throwing it away, he's taking sacks. And oftentimes, sacks are bigger, are, are as big of drive killers as um, you know, throwaways are obviously they're not as drive killers as interceptions because you're literally killing the drive with an interception, but sacks are very, very detrimental to a successive, um, offensive drive. And so, you know, is it going to be very hard, you know, for Aaron Rodgers for taking more risks instead of accepting sacks and trying to trust his wide receivers. I think that's going to happen more as you go along in the season. Um, but he does need to start this game. Like he can't wait any more games because we have got to start winning. You know, we, we can't remain complacent because we don't have the luxury of having a talented offense. You just, and you know, we don't have the luxury of uh, Devontae Adams, to be more frank. So it, this this game has to start with Aaron Rodgers taking more risks and uh, trusting his wide receivers, not just the rookies, but also veterans like Sammy Watkins um, and Reynolds Cobb. And finally, dude, the O-line. I know Bakhtiari and Jenkins are not healthy and I'm going to get to this in terms of injuries, but either the O-line coach needs to rethink who's really good on, on their offensive line depth chart or the scouting needs to change. But 
get Jake Hansen out. I mean, he, as I mentioned in our recap episode yesterday, he was god awful. And there's a reason why we brought up Caleb Jones from the practice squad to the 53 man roster now that we've put um, Chris Barnes on injured reserve. But our starting offensive line, if Bakhtiari and Jenkins cannot play this week, has got to include Zach Tom, Caleb Jones, Josh Nyman, Josh Myers, and Newton. Yeah, you have got to keep those five guys. If John Runyon is healthy, then sure, bring Runyon instead of New uh, Newman or uh, Runyon instead of um, Zach Tom. But yeah, no more Jake Hansen. Please, no more Jake Hansen. Uh, that's that's pretty much it from the offense. Stick to the running game. Use Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon a lot. And this is what like Aaron Rodgers also mentioned in in the McAfee show on Tuesday. He mentioned that they need to get more touches for thirty three and twenty eight because they only had like twenty or so touches combined, and that's like twenty twenty five combined, and that's not going to help. So, um, yeah, that's something that they got to do. They need to have at least you know. 30, 35 touches in the entire game, both running and passing. Um, and then we'll see if they can move the ball. Like the, the the Bears defense is not as good as the Vikings defense, I would say. Also, like the Vikings defense, I think it was a, a really oh it was an overreaction um from that game. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Key points, focus on the running game. Use Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon a lot, both in rushing and passing. Aaron Rodgers, you got to start trusting your wide receivers more. And the O-line, you have to get the right combo and bring in Caleb Jones, not Hanson. On the defensive side, <clears throat> pressure, pressure, pressure. And can you repeat that line again? Just so that Jonathan Gannon can hear this again. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Thank you. Yeah, you get you got to get pressure on it. Um, uh, that Bears O-line ain't that great, so we need more pressure from Rashawn Gary. He had the lone sack uh, last week, so that was good. But we need more pressure from Gary, Preston, Smith, Dean Lowry, Devontae Wyatt, when he, whenever he comes in, and Jerron Reed. It can't all be Kenny Clark, right? This is why we got Devontae Wyatt and Jerron Reed, so that they can help Kenny Clark. Not that like Kenny Clark can be the only guy getting pressure from the inside. Um, they need to play a lot of contain because Justin Fields is very mobile. We saw that, right? Um, against the 49ers, that massive touchdown pass that he had where he got out of the pocket, he scrambled away. He was like 15 yards down, like he was like 10 yards out of the pocket. And then he scrambled up to the you know left side of the field. And then he threw it across his body to the right side, um, you know, 15, 20 yards down the field. And that cannot happen. We've got to contain and we also have to have either Quay Walker or Devontae Campbell be QB spy because he's a very mobile quarterback, as I mentioned before. And, you know, if, if they were smart, they're probably going to have some QB runs designed. And so in that scenario, even if we're playing like penny defense, which means five uh, rushers on the defensive line and one middle linebacker, which we played uh, a couple snaps on, and actually Justin Jefferson had a a pretty uh, like important catch on Penny coverage last week. Um, <clears throat> this has got to be something that we should do. We need to have a QB spy uh, at least for you know first and second, like second and third downs, um, and then make sure that we get a lot of interior pressure and play contain. And lastly or second to last, this is regarding the secondary. For the love of God, don't play zone coverage the majority of the time. If you want to play zone coverage, make sure that the play has been communicated properly to the linebackers and the cornerbacks so that they can know who to hand off to because 
that was one of the key reasons why Jeff Justin Jefferson last week had that massive like 70 yard touchdown bomb because he was so wide open, right? The the linebackers weren't playing sticky zone coverage, they were playing true zone coverage, which means they were sitting in their zones, and then the cornerbacks had to know, you know, if, if they were going to take those cross crossing routes, then they need to be on the same page and say like, Hey, I'm going to take these crossing routes. So you stay on your guy who's crossing, or if they're going to pass that coverage on to each other, then they need to be able to communicate, but they didn't, you know, Rasul Douglas and Jair Alexander, they didn't communicate properly on Justin Jefferson. Um, and so, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. So Justin Jefferson and uh douglas didn't communicate properly out just um sorry not justin jefferson jair alexander and uh, rasul douglas didn't communicate properly on who they're going to pass on to so alexander passed his crosser off to douglas but douglas stuck to his crosser for the length of the field which means alexander and douglas almost bumped each other and then justin jefferson was wide open he was wide open if they had properly communicated and and this would have been before the play call but if if they had properly communicated um you know then jair would probably have uh either stuck to his own guy which was justin jefferson or he would have uh gotten you know douglas's guy who was i believe adam thielen um yeah it was adam thielen so then what happened is that adam thielen had both rasul douglas and and jair on him Nobody was there on Jefferson because Stokes had the other guy. He had taken the vertical of KJ Osborne up, and that meant that Amos and Savage were also playing that, and there was nobody in the realm of vicinity for Justin Jefferson. So, yeah, that's how he got on. He got, you know, really, really open. So, yeah, don't play zone coverage. Stick to man. Use our corners to their use their use their strengths to their advantage. Put and lastly. Put Jair on Mooney. Please put Jair on Mooney. That is all I ask of you, Joe Barry. Even if you guys stick to zone coverage, at least have Jair shadow Darnell Mooney so that you have your other wide receivers on the Bears roster beat us instead of the number one going off for like 150 yards. That cannot happen. That's it from the defensive side. Special teams. Just keep doing what you're doing. You guys did pretty well last last week. Um, I know there was that one punt return, I believe. Uh, that was pretty decent. No muffs. Like, just don't make mistakes. I don't care if you're average. Just don't make mistakes, okay? Please don't make mistakes. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it from the keys to victory standpoint for the Packers. Uh, in terms of injuries... <sighs> Unfortunately, on Wednesday, it showed that um, Alan Lazard and Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari practiced, but uh, they are still listed as questionable, and we don't have any definitive news on whether or not they're going to, um, you know, play. And so... That's that's a sticky point for us. Um, if we don't have Alan Lazard, we're gonna have to, you know, Aaron Rodgers rely on Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, you know, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs. Give them chances. If they make mistakes, they make mistakes. But you you have to give them more chances. You know, you can't just throw it at the feet and take the flats consistently. You know, try and try and try and gun for it because he held the ball too long. Many instances last game, he held the ball a lot longer than he usually does. Maybe it's just the hesitancy. Maybe it's just the rust coming off. And, you know, he said he hadn't played football in like eight months. So it is important that he starts trusting his wide receivers more. And that's all I ask. Like, please just trust your wide receivers more. We got them for a reason. So final prediction. We win, hopefully, but barely. 21-17. Um, it ain't going to be one of these blowouts. I still doubt the offense a lot unless I see, you know, strong recovery uh, and growth from Aaron Rodgers and the wide receivers and Matt LaFleur trusting uh, 
you know, the play calls and relying on Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and fixing that offensive line lastly, but definitely not the least. I really doubt we'll score more than like 20 points a game. It's that's got to be something that they have to continue to work on. But yeah, hopefully we win uh, 21 17 and, you know, we get the uh, and hopefully the Vikings lose against the Eagles, which I'm going to watch religiously on Monday. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Rakshak, on to Eagles. Yes, and speaking of Vikings and Eagles, this is actually going to be the Monday night matchup along with the Bills and Titans. So this is basically a Monday night doubleheader, and hopefully this one will be on. Uh, and hopefully I'll be watching this game on the Manning Cast instead of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman with the well, you know, when you talk about this, you talk about that. Uh, I don't know that my Troy Aikman um, impression is spot on uh, but... uh, dude that was spot on uh, but you need to be a little bit more lazy and like sleep deprived well um, you know when we look at go. this defense okay yeah enough yeah. of that there you go there you, you go. know what troy aikman is a cowboy i'm an eagles fan big difference Whatever. exactly so a couple of things for the keys to victory um i thought um basically what ananta mentioned about with the vikings like being weak against the run um, if you look back at the Green Bay game, Vikings surrendered about 111 yards on 18 attempts. And what the Birds did against the, against the Lions, we, um, the Eagles were able to rush to, for 216 yards with 39 attempts. And, and I would say with this type of offense that, that we're running with Jalen Hurts, let's try and get up, continue, continue with the run game because if that's what's helping the Eagles and that's where one of the biggest weaknesses the, the Vikings are facing, go ahead. And I would like to see a little bit more snaps from um, with Miles Sanders. I know that he was able to um, break up, break that, not able to run for a touchdown streak that ended yesterday with, at, at Detroit. And I would like to see not just with um, more designed runs with Miles Sanders, but I like to see a little bit more Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell to get more involved. And of course with Jalen Hurts. So like there were times in which Jalen Hurts had to like um had to had to rush 17 times, although he had like 90 yards. They literally had to rely on Jalen Hurts' legs in order to to win to halt this line's comeback. So and I honestly think you have to protect Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and the way you do that is you need to give it more to the to the running backs. Of course, Sanders had 96 yards and 13 carries, but we may need to see a little bit more, especially with Gainwell and Scott. So I would not be surprised at that. And then continuing on offense, Anand, do you know my favorite number one wide receiver along with Devontae Smith is? AJ Brown? Yes, because AJ Brown is a grown man. If you, I mean, think about it. Like when J, with Jalen Hurts being 18 for 32, 10 of those receptions went to AJ Brown. 10 receptions, 155 yards. The longest one being the 54-yard bomb near um, um, near the end of the second quarter or towards halftime. But um, there will be a possibility that if AJ Brown is going to be covered. Um, although he could be used interchangeably like a certain Justin Jefferson, but guess what? AJ Brown's a big boy, unlike you, you skinny rookie Justin Jefferson. This this is the Eagles homerism that's coming out right now. And um, and I can imagine like looking at the Vikings depth chart of, of, of cornerbacks, I can definitely see Patrick Peterson trying to line up. But here's the problem. AJ Brown can be um can be can line up as an outside, he can line up as an inside. Hell, if you want to put him as tight end, go ahead. But I don't think he'll have the. He does. I don't think he has that strength. You leave that to Dallas Goddard. But if AJ Brown's going to be covered by um, <clears throat> by by Patrick Peterson, you have to rely. Um, Jalen Hurts needs to work more. Try. He needs to be more consistent as a passer as a pass option, and and use and try and try and utilize more of his weapons, especially to, to his tight end with Dallas Goddard, Quez Watkins, and especially. Devonte Smith. I mean, I mean, it's good to have AJ Brown being targeted so many times. But if Devonte Smith, but Devonte Smith ended up with zero with with four targets, zero catches, and, or like and zero receptions because one of them was pulled for a penalty, um, a holding call. But 
I mean, but I could definitely see AJ Brown getting covered, and he won't be receive easily getting like a hundred yard, hundred yard receiving game. So, I would say if I'm Shane Steichen, you need to have a, you gotta let Jalen Hurts work around with Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith, including Quez, Quez Watkins and Zach Pascal, and get those guys more involved and spread the ball. You can't and. AJ Brown worked last time against the Lions because that secondary is weak. But against the Vikings defense, which is which is better than the Lions whatsoever, you, AJ Brown's not going to be your target. I would like to see more. Uh, I would like to see the Titans um, get more involved. I'm thinking two tight end set, maybe two tight end sets get 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 that backup Grant Calcaterra and Dallas Goddard involve Goddard a lot more. And definitely Gainwell and Sanders um, involve your running back. Zach Pascal has been that good physical third down option. And you got to give the ball more to Devontae Smith because, out, because remember, he is an excellent route runner and perfect hands. And, and I like to see that. And for the O-line, going up against a defense led by um, the what Zadarius Smith, um, Jordan Hicks, Eric Kendricks, um, and Davlin Tomlinson, you gotta protect Jalen Hurts. Expect like you can expect a lot more blitzes and and let me guess a little bit more zone coverage from the from the Vikings. Um, I don't know, can you confirm like if they were like playing zone or? Yeah, so they were largely playing two deep safety coverages. That's what they were playing. They were playing cover six, cover eight, and quarters defense, which is a lot of zone. So yeah. So yeah, if I if I'm working on the zone. I think I, I want to see a little bit more targets towards um Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith, especially. Hell, if Quez Watkins gets open, Jalen Hurts, I know you can chuck that long ball. You did it with AJ Brown. Let's try and see what to do it a, to do a lot more. So moving on to defense. The one target, the one issue, and I think Anand said this properly in the re in the week one recap, and now you have to stop and Justin Jefferson. And, and of course, he burned Green Bay for nine catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns. This is because of soft coverage. And I have to say, shame on Joe Barry, the, the Green Bay defensive coordinator. And one stat that I found, he has 81 yards after catch in total. That's ridiculous. You cannot do that. And, and I'm looking at you, Jonathan Gannon. This is basically your last chance that stunt that you pulled off against Detroit to like lead them back to like nearly win the game, that you're like playing career suicide with this. You gotta rectify those mistakes. And the and the unfortunate thing is like with Justin Jefferson, this is gonna be the draft pick that haunts the Eagles because the Eagles selected Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson in the 2020 draft. And look at and look at where Justin Jefferson is. And I know it's gonna be a little bit more tough. But you, but my recommendation is you have to put Darius Slay on Justin Jefferson. You paid, you're paying like one of the best cor shutdown corners who can, who's very good in man coverage to shadow him. You got a man press uh, against um, on Justin Jefferson. Man press on him. If you see him go anywhere else, like he may line up everywhere else, and you can't put Darius Slay on uh, on on Justin Jefferson every single time. But try and do it for at least 95 percent of the time if you can, Gannon. And and of course, James Bradbury is very good with the zone. Avante Maddox is a good slot corner, but it's going to be like one of those matchups where the defense has to play to the strengths, uh, to to their player strengths. And with that, I would say if if K, um based on where the positioning is, if Adam Thielen is going to be running slot, or um or Kendrick Osborne goes slot, I would say you put Avante Maddox on slot. Bradbury is a good outside corner. And he has to, and it, and he'll definitely work for zone. And for the linebackers, I thought um, TJ um, in the last game, TJ Edwards and Kaiser White were like on fire. And Kaiser White had that crucial play, which he tipped that pass that um, that Jared Goff threw to um, for James Bradbury to return for a pick six. So, and which I believe was like the difference maker in the score. But you have to, you cannot stick to a weak soft zone coverage and that's what allowed the lions to nearly come back and win this game and of course like these were with late receptions with amon ross st brown and dj chark and yes even deandre freaking swift 
the, and then the next part of the defense, you have to stop the Vikings running game. Last time with the Lions, the, we got, uh, um, the Eagles defense got gashed for 181 yards and three touchdowns. Again, because they were like some of those tackles, uh, some of them I saw were like missed tackles, which is a, an error, a huge error in fundamentals. I hope they get that fixed. And of course, bad defense. You're playing zone, playing soft, soft cover zone. Like, what the hell are you doing, Jonathan Gannon? You have to, like, I want to, and when I see like the likes of like Marvin Tweepolo to on the in the lineup, and, and apparently, as I recorded last time, I um, we rarely got to see Jordan Davis and Nagobi Dean on the line. And when Davis was playing, if I can pull up the stat that I mentioned in the previous episode, every any time that Jordan Davis was on the field, the um, <clears throat> the Eagles defense only allowed two point nine yards per carry. When Davis is off the field, they allowed ten yards per carry. And with a dangerous runner like Dalvin Cook, you cannot cannot allow that to happen. Dalvin Cook is a better version of DeAndre Swift. No doubt about that. And I would like to see more of um, Jordan David. Like, in, and of course, like, like instead of like having Marvin Tuipelotu and Fletcher Cox, who's, who's like, um, Fletcher Cox, who's like sometimes like gang gashed. I would like to see, um, I would like to see more of, um, I would like to see more of Jordan Davis on this thing. I hope he gets a bigger role. And, and alongside with N'Kobe Dean, because those two Georgia ex Georgia players, they're very good against the run, and 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 I, and I like to see them use more. And of course, um, unfortunately, um, during the in the first game, Derek Barnett suffered a torn ACL, so he's out of the he's out for the year. And they were able to sign um, a, like a backup defensive end, Janarius Robinson, to the fifty-three man roster, and he's actually from the Vikings, so. Maybe he's going to be used for like um more like a rotational role along to back up with Josh Sweat, and I could also see him um trying to give him some information on like what the Vikings do on defense and offense. So probably for like Intel share, but hey, if it works, it works. I'll take it. And uh, and one more point, I would like to talk about the defense. You have to blitz and pressure Kirk freaking Cousins. You want to and Anand. Did you know that Kirk Cousins is in his entire career? He is six and three against the Philadelphia Eagles. A 104 point, I think it has like a 104.9 QBR. That's just sad, man. Yeah. And he has owned the Eagles for some time. And I hate saying this. And when I looked at the defensive pressure against the Lions, one sack doesn't do crap. It is not enough. From week one, Eagles are ranked 27th in pressure rates. Six blitzes, six QB contacts, which is the third fewest. Good Lord, you cannot do that against Kirk Cousins. Like, how many times did the Packers blitz um, put pressure on Kirk Cousins? And did it work? Was Kirk Cousins a headless chicken? Not really, though. Unfortunately, he was actually pretty good at evading pressure. But we did pressure him on 43% of snaps, so... Uh, putting him pressure, putting him under pressure is probably better than just letting him dice you up. So I'd still put him pressure, even if it's unsuccessful. I mean, that's perfectly good to know. And and uh, and of course, like um, one thing I also forgot to mention: the Eagles, long time back when Nick Sirianni took over, they hired the Vikings assistant Nick Rouse as a linebackers coach. So he should have some idea on what the Vikings can do. In, in in what kind of like defensive scheme he can help out or try and rob the mic from Jonathan Gannon when he's calling plays. Like the Eagles have the talent to match up against the, Vi the Vikings receivers. The, I mean, you have the likes of Darius Slay, Marcus Epps, James Bradbury, CJ Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, um, Hassan Reddick, TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, Sweat, just to name a few. I am very confident in this Eagles defense, but I don't have confidence in Jonathan Gannon. And that's going to be my biggest worry. If I want the Eagle, like if the Eagles have to pressure, they have to attack Kirk Cousins. And and would and when you do that, you allow your cornerbacks to like eventually try and get some turnovers, return for a pick six. Those, those things help. 
but oh, but so far special teams has been good with Britton Covey, so I could see him getting elevated to the squad again from the practice, or maybe we have a Devin Allen sighting. So knock on wood, hopefully that comes out. So, um, so basically, uh, if I want to do a quick recap on this one, number one, offense, continue on with the run game. Get um, like how the same effort that you did against Detroit. You got to keep on. Keep on generating the run game. That's what the Vikings were a little bit weak against. Um, 30 plus carries and and distribute the ball to more than other than AJ Brown. I mean, you could still target him, but just diversify the the passing portfolio and protect Hertz. And um, and if Hertz has to bail because of because uh, of constant pressure, he has to. But the O line needs to step up. You are ranked number one for a reason, according to PFF. Let's back that. Let's back those claims up. On defense, stop. You have to limit Justin Jefferson and those other weapons. I would say put Darius Slay on the guy, and and man and man pressure him. Get focus on the right matchups. And again, stop the Vikings and stop the Vikings running game. And that that run that rush defense needs to be so much better. The way you can fix this, I want to see more of Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean. Put some maybe like do a four man like have your four defensive linemen front up pressure, maybe add in a linebacker or a quarterback blitz. I saw that last week, and they worked well. Jared Goff was a headless chicken. Now I want to see the Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins becomes the Minnesota Vikings headless chickens on this one. Blitz and pressure Kirk Cousins. Those are my last one. And get some takeaways. And and in case for like injury or any latest news, Jared Barnett has been, unfortunately, been has a torn ACL. He's out for the season. And as of today, those have been limited. Fletcher Cox, um, limited from practice, as was Fletcher Cox, Landon Dickerson, um, Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Isaac Seomalo, and Josh Sweat. All of them are resting. They're all good. The only shaky one is Jack Stoll. So I would say keep it. So he's been limited. So just keep an eye on that. And for my prediction, my final prediction, I've seen DraftKings put um, Eagles with. Um, the, uh, giving the Eagles um two over uh, like with two point five, I've seen very close games, but I'm gonna be confident with my team. It, it could go either way. Anand, get ready. It's gonna be a close game. I'm gonna say thirty to twenty eight Eagles. They barely squeaked this one out, and it has Ooh. to be with a defensive play. And um and I think it's gonna be um and i think this may have to rely on the legs of jalen hurts again but if the eagles can limit justin jefferson and limit that offense and protect hurts i think we can i think we can rest easy eagles fans nice nice okay so that concludes our matchups now we're going to talk about the games of the week that we want to look out for and the first one that i want to look out for is actually the titans at bills which you oh. mentioned, yeah, which you mentioned is going to be that second Monday night matchup. So I'm gonna have to put both of them um, um, on at the same time if I want to actually watch. So for this one, let's look at what the Titans need to do um, to be victorious. Now before we go on to that, I do want to mention an interesting fact. The Titans have won the past two meetings against the bills. Ooh. So it's so this is a revenge game for the Bills on the cards yet again by the fellow NFL scriptwriter. So again, NFL scriptwriters, thank you so much for giving us all these revenge matchups. It's so wonderful. Um yeah, so now on to the Titans victory, right? You have to stop the one and true air raid attack of the Bills by first locking down Diggs. That's got to be your main priority, okay? Let the other guys beat you. Just like we've mentioned in the previous matchups, you know, you have James, they have Jamison Crowder. They have, um, you know, Isaiah McKenzie, Gabe Davis. They're good wide receivers, but they're no Stefan Diggs. So make them beat you, okay? And for God's sake, use Derek Henry. I do not want to see a third down situation where you do not use Eric Derrick Henry and you rely on a freaking tight end jet sweep. All right. That cannot happen if you <laughs> hope to beat the Bills. 
All right. Against the, against the New Jersey Giants of yeah, all teams. Exactly. Shame. 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 But yeah, use Derrick Henry, please. Um, also, use Traylon Burks more like Debo Samuel. So, you know, the linebackers are always on their toes, whether, you know, Traylon Burks is going to run the ball or he's going to be a pass catcher because he, he did have a pretty productive day as, as a pass catcher. I mean, he caught a couple passes for 55 yards, but um, they need to involve him more into the offensive uh, offensive scheme. Um, and last but not least, please protect Tannehill as much as possible. If you have any hope to win this game, you cannot let Von Miller beat you, okay? Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for the Titans. Really, you have got to, you know, be on your toes, you know, make sure that they have to beat you without their strength. Um, that's, that's the key thing. Now, his, historically speaking, the Titans have come back um, as um, against against high odds for uh, uh, against home favorites. So like Bills, Chiefs, they've beaten them before. So the Titans do have the ability to beat home favorites as the underdogs, but also they had AJ Brown. So if you have Traylon Burks light, use Traylon Burks, okay? Don't just use him in in a ancient sense as just an outside wide receiver, right? Use him more like Debo Samuel. He has the potential to do it. Use him. Um now that's it from the Titans. The Bills, honestly, just keep doing what you're doing. Like you beat the defending super champ, uh, Super Bowl champs, not just like by a point or two, by twenty-one points. It, it was a curb stomp, dude. It was like, a curb stomping. Josh Allen was really good in the second half. Um, Von Miller was really great, and just you know, speaking of Von Miller, just pressure with Vonnie Bevishon Miller. That's his actual name, Vonnie yeah, Bevishon a- Miller. I was like, pause. Um, Are you serious? But I'm like, okay, I'll take your word. No, on. no, that, that's his. That's his actual name. Pressure, pressure, pressure. What did we mention before, Rakshak? Pressure, pressure, pressure. Yep. Last thing. Use Josh Allen in the run game. I want to see him more like Lamar Jackson. You know, you saw him use his stiff arm, right? He's a powerful runner. Right, he's oh, yeah. he's he's got the size and this and this the ability to be a running back. Like use him, not just like I want him on the power QB draws or um any. I don't have the uh, enough offensive knowledge for this, but use him in the run game. That's going to be impressive to watch if Josh Allen can have like a hundred yard rushing game and have like a three hundred yard passing game. That basically means that the Bills win. Um, so yeah, use Josh Allen in the running game. That's going to be exciting to see. So yeah, that's, that's it from the bills. Just keep doing what you're doing. Pressure with Vonnie Bevishon Miller and use Josh Allen in the running game, because that's going to keep the Titans on their toes. They're a pretty stingy run defense. So if you can beat them with the run game and not necessarily the pass game, then you've basically beaten you. You've beaten them. You know, you've, you've effectively won that match. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much it in terms of injuries. Harold Landry is out with an ACL tear. So he's, he's done for the season. Elijah Molden, their, uh, first year or rookie wide receiver, uh, wide receiver cornerback has been placed on IR and Christian Fulton, their other young CB is listed as questionable. So they have significant defensive injuries that are not going to hold up against the Bills, <laughs> if uh, especially if Christian Fulton is still listed as questionable and can't play uh, in the game. That's gonna be rough, bro. Rough, That's, dude. Yeah, it's um, it's not gonna be good news. So hopefully, hopefully Christian Fulton gets back quickly so that the Titans have a decent shot at beating the Bills. And then the Bills one injury update is that Trey White is still on the player on una- unable to perform list. And so 
yeah, they still have that, but it's not like they really needed him um, or anything like that. So, yeah. Uh, my prediction, the Bills get the revenge this time, and they win 31-20. to 20. All right, Rakshak, on to you. Yes, I think that's a very good score, 31 to 20. I can imagine that. But and, and then also you have to mention like Josh Allen. Do you want to limit a little bit more on those turnovers? But then again, I would say it's on the receivers. But just be mindful. That's all I that's the only criticism I have for Josh Allen. Now, my game of the week. This is an NFC South matchup. Guess what it is? I don't know. Saints Bucks. Saints Bucks. This is I think this could be a potential revenge game because did you know that that Tom that the Saints literally have Tom Brady's number and they actually have a streak and I believe um the last time the Saints went up against the Buccaneers they beat them 9-0 they like literally shut them out and they've won all four regular season matchups since Brady left New, New England for Tampa Bay but the Bucks have only won one lone playoff meeting. And the Saints have intercepted Brady eight times in the past four regular season meetings combined. <laughs> this is really, really sad stuff. If I'm the Buccaneers, a couple of keys to victory. Tom Brady should... You got to protect Tom Brady, even with that shaky O-line. Brady has been sacked 28 times and thrown for 11 interceptions. Six fumbles against the Saints. Yeah, try not to turn over the ball, which is this, which is easier said than done. But that offensive line looks really shaky. And I think if you watch the Cowboys, um, Buck and Bucks game, that left tackle Donovan Smith, um, he hyperextended his elbow, and he could be a game time decision. So you're going to be having um Josh Wells on the backup playing backup left tackle, and. His and I think one key battle that I'm going to be seeing is how how is Josh Josh Wells going to hold up against the likes of Marcus Davenport? That is, I mean, that's where I think the Saints will want to target that weak left that weak that um that blind that weak side. And the way they were able to protect Brady against Dallas for some time, hell, get Leonard Fournette to chop block to pancake block them. <laughs> Which I highly doubt because the Saints will show like no mercy as well. But I would also like to see Leonard Fournette continue on with that run game. And there was one stat that I noticed between the Saints and the Falcons, even though the Falcons suffered a huge collapse. Um, the Saints D, the Saints defense got gashed alone by Cordell Patterson, who had 20, 120 rushing yards out of the team total team, two hundred one yards of rushing. So. I would say keep keep on with the run game for runner for letter for net. Just continue with the run. And unfortunately, there's like some news like along from that Dallas game. Yeah, Chris Godwin and Rashad Perryman taken out of the game because of injuries. And I will be getting back to that later. But Mike Evans, the running backs, Julio Jones and Cameron Bright, they all need to step up and help out Brady if he wants to come out alive from that game. And now for the Saints. I mean, Jameis Winston did pretty well, 23 for 34 against um against the Falcons, but he was sacked four times. And with a guy like Vita Vea uh, on the Buccaneers' side, you got to protect Jameis Winston. You got to stop Vita Vea and the Bucs' D-line, defensive line, from attack from pressuring Winston. And then, of course, on the Saints, reverse, uh, reverse of what the Buccaneers want to do in offense. You got to stop the run. I mean, you allowed Cordell Patterson to rush again. You allowed the Atlanta to Atlanta to rush for two hundred over nearly two hundred yards, and you barely squeaked out a win, thanks to Michael Thomas being getting a, those two tutties, two touchdowns, by the way. And I mean, it's easier said than done, but you got to stop the run. That and that's how you can limit make Tom Brady into a passer and I think, and then you can add in a little bit more blitz. I think, and Dennis, I will come up with definitely come up with a good plan. And since he has um, those additions like Tyron Matthew and Daniel Sorensen and Marcus may it's definitely going to help that Saints defense is looking a lot more scarier, but stop the run. That's how you can control the, the outcome of the game. And then last but not least, um, and when I looked at the rushing yards, New Orleans put up against Atlanta, 151 sounds right, but 
You want to know what the breakdown is for, for those two running backs, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, were? What was it? Alvin Kamara rushed for not, uh, had nine carries, rushed for 39 yards. Mark Ingram, four carries, 22 yards. A majority of the rushing came from Taysom, Taysom freaking Hill. Mr. Gadget Man himself, Taysom Hill, the legend. <laughs> four carries for 81 yards, so... I mean, it's great and fun and all that, but it's obvious. You got to get Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram more involved. And if it's because of injuries, sorry, but you're facing against a, a Brady-like Bucks. And, and hell, I don't care if New Orleans has spanked them like four times in a row, but, but I would say you got to continue on with that run game, which is how, this, how, how you can help Jameis Winston with this a little bit of accuracy issues. And these are like my general takes on this game. A um, couple of injuries on the Buccaneers. Those that have been questionable have been Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, Brashad Perryman, and Tristan Wirfs. And for the Saints, um, those that are questionable, Dwayne Washington, Landon Young, Cam Jordan, Marcus May, and Paulson Adebo. So the, I think the Paulson Adebo, Marcus May, and Cam Jordan on defense being questionable, it's something to look out for. But I would not be surprised if, um, like, if they come back healthy for that game. So, and I and and I think like and for sure, Bucks are gonna be like all hands on deck. We want to be we want to be all ready for that. So, makes sense to me. All right. With this being in mind, here is my prediction for this game. It's gonna be a very close game. But and. I actually have an upset. I have a beat the dull moment. The streak is over. The Bucks will win this game 27 to 24. How it's dare gonna, you? It's going to be a field goal. Take it back. Take it back. I am not going to take it back because you want to know the reason why? Because the Saints lose this game, that number one, their draft pick that the Eagles hold in the first round gets to go a little bit higher. And no, I need the no, Saints to tank. No, no. I am going Buccaneers on this one. How dare you? <laughs> you just ended our friendship right here. <laughs> I I may have sold my soul to the devil, but as long as the other teams lose and, and the Eagles benefit, I am happy. Yeah, that's <laughs> all righty. There you have it, folks. Um, Bucks win and the streak of the Saints being the nightmare of Tom Brady ends. Um, so. Yeah, that concludes our Games of the Week segment, and that actually concludes our episode for today. So if you guys have any questions, leave us a review at one of the four platforms that we're hosted on, Apple, Google, Spotify, and Pocket Cast, or send us an email at nflmasala at gmail.com, spelled as nflmasala at gmail.com. And we're going to hit you with our signature outro. Go Pack Go. And fly, Eagles fly. Take care, y'all. And happy Thursday night football. Chargers versus Chiefs. Let's go.